Come on, church. Give him praise. Yes, amen. Come on. I'm, I'm asking if I'm on. I can't hear anything. I flew in yesterday, and my, I feel like my head's in a barrel. But I am glad to be home. Say amen. It, it, there's nothing like coming home, I'm telling you. There's nothing like Temple Baptist Church. I've gone to church in a lot of places, but it's, it's something else to be able to come home and go to church. It is a great place to be, great place to be. If you have your Bibles, if you'll take them and turn with me to John chapter number 4. Uh, we're going to continue with our, our series. Uh, John chapter number 4. Uh, I, I want to I thank the Lord for the opportunity we had this week, and thank you for letting us go. Uh, we, we were provided, uh, Brother McCormick made available an opportunity for us to go on a trip and just kind of get away. And uh, first time me and Tammy's ever done anything like that, and, and uh, we went on a cruise. And, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and there was a tropical storm out there. And a redneck on the boat, say amen. So I got seasick most of the time and uh, got those bands. You know, you get a band that you put on your wrist. Well, I had one on both of mine. And uh, it was really, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't realize uh, just how stressed out and exhausted we were. We slept most of the time on the cruise, which was wonderful. <clears throat> uh, the eating was great. Uh, we, we, you ate all you wanted and slept all you want. That's my kind of vacation. Say amen. And uh, it, really, we, we thought, man, this is terrible timing. They, we planned it last year, and, and uh, with everything going on with the fire and all that, I thought, man, this is terrible timing. But honestly, it was perfect timing. And so it was a, it was a real, real experience. Uh, got to spend a lot of time with people from every nation you can imagine, every different language you can imagine, not very many Americans at all, especially redneck Americans on the boat. But... Uh, one of the one of the coolest things that that, that I got to see, uh, Brother McCormick, uh, he's a preacher from Jacksonville, one of my heroes. That most of y'all have known him. He's preached here uh, several times, and and uh, he told his cabin steward that he was preacher McCormick. He always introduces himself as preacher McCormick, no matter where he goes, what it is. It's preacher McCormick, and the and the cabin steward said, "Would you preach for us?" And uh, and he said, "Sure." Well, they have a church service like at eleven o'clock. Uh, at night, because they work so hard during the day, late at night, they have a church service for the cruise. Well, he got special permission from the captain. The captain had to sign off for, for Brother McCormick to go to the, the place where the crew goes, where you're not, we were not allowed to go. And, uh, and he, he, they had a church service, about 60 or 70 people, uh, not an American in the bunch, not an American in the bunch. Uh, and they say they usually have about 15 or 20 and they heard that there was a white American going to preach for them. So there was about 60 or 70. And, and you got to understand, Brother McCormick is redneck as I am. And he told me, this is what he said. He said it was one of the most amazing experiences that he ever had. He said all of them had an accent. All of them spoke with an accent. And they would sing Amazing Grace and Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. And he said they got with it. And he, he came out, and, and he, said, he said, man, he said, I want you to understand, there is people all over the world that loves Jesus. And so many times, so many times, we make Christianity Americanized. 
and we try to fit everything into our culture and our the way we do things and 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 sometimes sometimes and I'm I'm going somewhere. I know you think I'm running a rabbit, but I'm not. I'm going somewhere. Sometimes our culture and the way we were raised affects how we see things and how we see others and how we see people. And so today, if you will allow me, I want to try to share that particular thought. And if you're on the other side of the hut, I'll see you in a minute. Amen. On the east side, just check the video out. Uh, but I want, to, I want to ask the question, what do you see? What do you see? This is the whole theme of, of our missions month this month. What do you see? And I'm going to share with you several different pictures. And I want you to ask yourself, and be honest. How many of y'all can be honest for about 20 minutes? All right, all right. How many of y'all can be honest for about 10 minutes? Okay, that's a, that's a little better. Uh, when I ask these questions and we see these pictures that we're going to see in a moment, answer honestly, not out loud, not out loud, but in your heart. Answer honestly. Because I'm afraid sometimes what we see affects how we think. And how we think affects what we do. Let me, let me change that. How, what we see and how we see it affects what we think. And how we think affects how we love. Or how we don't love. If that makes sense, say amen. Now, here's what I want to share with you. John chapter number 4. We have a story. We have a story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Uh, most of you know the story is called the woman at the well, right? Everybody's familiar with that story. Everybody's familiar with Jesus coming to the well. He's weary with his journey, so he rests at the well. And, 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 but I want to I kind of make this a smaller, make a, a long story short in the deals to get with our message, okay? So let's look in John 4, verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. And, and, and if you can give me as much volume, as I know it's my ears and I can't hear, but just, just help me, just fake it, at least act like you're moving the button, amen? Uh, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. I underline that in my Bible, and if you have a Bible you can write in, you are to underline that because that's a very important point. He must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey. How many of you are glad that even Jesus got tired? He can, he can, he can, he can associate with us. He can, he can feel what we feel. He sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Now, all, all of you read verse 8 with me. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. His disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Now, there was one trail and one road going into the city. So as they were leaving Jesus, she was coming to the well. Do you get that? They left Jesus, they go into the city because they're going to buy meat, and they pass by this woman, and there's nothing said about their interaction with this woman, and I believe it was zero, and I believe that because later on we're going to read that when they saw Jesus talking to her, they were shocked. They couldn't believe it. So here they're going into town to buy food, here she comes, and, and now we know the conversation. 
the conversation between Jesus, verses 9 through 26, uh, we know that it, it will come back to that. Verse 27, And upon this came his disciples, and they're coming back from the city, they're coming back from uh, getting their, their, their food, and they marveled that he taught with the woman. They couldn't believe it. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? They done learned their lesson to not ask Jesus them type questions. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then came they out of the city and came unto him. So here we have, here we have the college preachers who are in Bible college training to win the world and bring all people to Christ. They go into the city and come back with a sandwich. And here we have a woman who has a reputation that's horrible, who has her life changed by Jesus Christ. She goes into the city and brings everybody to Jesus. Do you see the problem? Now watch. Watch. Verse 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields. For they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And many, now watch this, and many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the disciples. The ones that Jesus sent into the city. The ones whose responsibility it was to bring the world to Christ. The Bible says many believed for the saying of the which testified he told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he bowed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that he is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Go back to verse number go back to verse number thirty five. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, what's the next? Say it again. Say it again. Lift up your eyes. Look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. What do you see? What do you see? Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessing, your kindness, your mercy. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to serve you, <clears throat> to worship you, to be in a place that loves you. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be at Temple Baptist Church this morning. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts right now. Touch us, break us, burden us, challenge us to see this world as you see it. And I praise you and thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. You may be seated.
He's the God of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I love reading the beginning, but I really love reading the end. The Bible says in the, in the, in the end, when it's all said and done, when all the redeemed are called home, the Bible says that there will be a, a number that cannot really, a, a group of people that cannot be numbered who are crying and singing. That worthy is the land. Say it with me. Worthy is the land. Say it again. Worthy is the land to receive glory and honor and, and power and blessing and praise and, and all of these things. He's worthy. Why? Because thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood. Watch this. Out of every nation. Out of every nation, every tongue, every language, all over this world, people are praising Jesus. All over this world, people are loving on God. Not just in America. Not just here. When you've seen all of these, these pictures, and by the way, just about every picture in there was pictures from the missionaries that you support. The money that you give toward missions goes to make sure these people have the ability to share the gospel with every creature. There were house churches that I saw in there. They were the different missionaries we support, some in Brazil, uh, 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 the different ones across the seas in Burma, and all of these places because he is worthy. I, and I, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. So many times we, we present missions and, and, and we present it to our people uh, because we've got to get people out of hell. We've got to rescue people. You know, some saved from the fire, making a difference. We've got to get them out of hell. Uh, the main purpose of the gospel is to make sure people are rescued from hell because everybody that dies lost goes to hell. Right? Are you with me? Everybody that dies lost goes to hell. So that is our, our main motivation. But it shouldn't be our main motivation. It is a good motivation. Don't get me wrong. Because we should be burdened, we should care, we should have tears in our eyes, we should be praying, we should be reaching, we should be doing everything we can to get people out of hell. But that should not be the main motivation. The main motivation is this, is that we have a God, and we serve a God, and we came from a God who is worthy of the praise of all nations. Every human being should cry out in praise to God, should cry out in reverence to God, should cry out in glorifying God because He is worthy. He's worthy. And we should reach all nations. We should go to every creature because every creature should cry out to Him in honor because He is worthy of our praise. But I'm afraid <clears throat> how we see things. And we, we're using the, the term, what do you see? But it's really, it should be, how do you see? How do you see? Look, at, I want to show you a couple of pictures. I want to give you two or three. And then there's one at the end after I share the outline. And, and I promise you the outline, I'll go fast through it, all right? Uh, but I hadn't been here in a couple of weeks, so I've got to make up time. Say amen. Here we go. What do you see? I know what I've thought sometimes when I've seen this. In person. Now, now, I know who I'm preaching to, so we can take the halos and put them in our pocket and be honest a minute. There's been times I've seen this in person, and I thought, man, he needs to get a job. He's wasted his life. Look what he's thrown away, all for a bottle. He's a drunk. Why did, he, why did he give up everything and throw this away? I guess that bottle's worth that. 
what, what, what do you see? Do you see somebody who's wasted their life? Do you see somebody who's thrown away everything? Do you see somebody who's just a drunk? Do you see a, 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 a deplorable? Do you see somebody that's... Or do you see somebody that Jesus died for? Or do you see somebody that God sent His Son to redeem? You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says, But God commended this love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It said, Scarcely would a man die for a righteous man or a good man, but Christ died for the ungodly. You say, But he is a sinner. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'll tell you what I see now. I see me if it wasn't for the grace of God. What do you see? Do you see a sinner? Look at the next one. Look at the next one. Do you see potential? Do you see potential? Do you see the next world changer? Do you see the next great evangelist? Do you see the next great missionary? You say, what does this have to do with missions? Do you realize one of the greatest mission fields in the world is over on the other side of them walls? All of you that serve in, in, in that side, all of you that serve in the children's area, do you realize the great potential that is laying over there in the mission field that's over there? And what could happen if one of these young people will get on fire for God and God touch their life and turn the continents upside down? At one time, Charles Spurgeon was that size. At one time, Billy Graham was that size. At one, are y'all with me? Hey, some tourists pulled up. Some tourists pulled up into a, a village, and there were some guys sitting there playing checkers. And the tourists were looking for, you know, stuff to take pictures of and famous stuff, and, and they hollered out to the old men playing checkers, and they said, Hey, was there any great men born here? And they said, Nope, just babies. Did y'all get that? Every great man pooped a diaper. Every great man had to be burped. Or every great woman, they all started as babies. They all started with potential. But do we see that? Or do we see just these kids as kids misbehaving? An irritant. As someone that's in the way. As something that we have to babysit so we can have quietness in here. Now, I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for no youngins being in here and being over there. I'm for that. But is it, we don't, we, we don't put them over there just to get them out of the way. We get, we get them over there so we can teach them on their level. So they can fulfill the potential that God has given them. Are y'all with me? What do you see? Look at this next one. Say amen. <clears throat> I saw a lot of that this week. <clears throat> hey, let me tell you something. If you're ever going on a cruise, they'll give you what you want, and then they'll say, do you want another one? And I said, that's a dumb question. What do you see? 
do you see? Now let's get real for a minute. Let's get real for a minute. Do you know the most hated day for any waitress or waiter is Sunday? Sunday. You know why? Because Christians are jerks. And they don't tip. If you ever wear a temple shirt, you better tip. And good. And be nice. And don't complain about your food. Hey, there's more reason than that. I saw 60 Minutes. I know what they do when they take that food back. I'm sorry. I'm just cheating it real this morning. Do you see somebody who, who needs to hurry up and get your tea? Or do you see somebody... Do you see... Watch, here's the word. Here's the word. Do you see an opportunity? Me and, me and Brother McCormick... <coughs> And, and it's, it was a humorous picture, me and him walking around the ship. Because <clears throat> he's redneck, I'm redneck. We're trying to avoid stuff, if you know what I mean. And, and so we go, to the, we go to the station where they make uh, 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 juices and, and, and you know, it, uh, smoothies. Yes, yes. And, but it was like a, a health area, the vitality thing, cafe or whatever. So we're sitting there. And I got me the energy one, you know, I, whatever. Hey, give me that energy one. And we're sitting there, and he's sitting there, and there's a lady sitting right beside us, and uh, and, and and she she looks different. <clears throat> She's is she is an American, but but she 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 was like staring into the wild blue yonder, and you could tell. And anyway, she was talking to us, and and really seemed to be trying to flirt a little bit. And I'm sitting there, and Brother McCormick's sitting there, and. And, 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 and he's just talking to everybody. I don't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> and he said, he's asking her, well, you know what, what are you doing on the trip? Where are you from? And all this kind of stuff. And I'm trying to get my smoothie. And, 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 and she says, well, we're on a training and a teaching. This is a spiritual voyage. And you know, Brother McCormick can't leave it alone. He says, is that right? And you've got to understand, when Brother McCormick's talking, three tables over can hear him. <laughs> the very first time I ever met Brother McCormick, when I went to preach for him down in Jacksonville, we went out to a, a restaurant, a, 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 a seafood restaurant, and he says, okay, we need to say the blessing. So I'm, you know. And he stands up and does like this. Our Father, <laughs> we thank you. I'm praised for the whole restaurant. I ain't going to lie. That's him. Well, he says, he says, is that right, a spiritual cruise? He said, yes, there's, we, we have a lot of gifted people on this cruise. And I started seeing where this was going. She says, there's a lot of psychics and healers, 250 of them. And I thought right away, that's why we are in a storm. We need to get them off the boat, amen? I told you, God's working on me with this message. But that's what I thought. And he says, is that right? And she says, yes, we're very spiritual. And this is what Brother McCormick does. He says, well, we're spiritual too. And I want to say, no, we're not. Shut up. 
she says, she says, I have the gift to talk to dead people. And I'm like, oh. And Brother McCormick says, well, we're spiritual. He said, we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And she went, oh. And she says, well, I'm a Christian too. And then here he goes. Now, what is he doing? He was taking an opportunity. He wasn't backing up a bit. He was staying right with it. Now, when she said she talked to dead people, I was trying to find the door. Y'all don't have the greatest preacher in the world. I'm just going to tell you, he's working on me. I'm trying. But you know what, Brother McCormick saw? An opportunity. He didn't see nothing to back up from. He's seen an opportunity to share Jesus with this woman. Now, are you real busy when you go into a restaurant and upset because they didn't get the order right? Or do you see this person as an opportunity to share what you have with them? What do you see? The next one. Do you see a challenge? Do you see a challenge? Do, do you see an opportunity? Do you see a calling? Do you see... What, what is the challenge? Go ye into all the world. Go to the uttermost parts of the earth. Go everywhere. Now, I know physically we can't all go to Zimbabwe or, or Nepal or whatever, but we can be influential to help those who can. Now, guys... There's something even more here. It is not just about us going. We're here. Do you realize, that, here's the saying, the light that shines the farthest, in other words, the church that has the most impact going across the sea, the light that shines the farthest, it should shine the brightest at home. Are y'all with me? Now here's some things. Here's some things I want to show you. I got one more. I got one more. But I'm going to do it at the end. What do you see when you see the drunk? What do you see when you see the children? What do you see when you see the waitress? What do you see when you see the globe? Do you see a sinner? Do you see potential? Do you see an opportunity? Do you see a challenge when you see these things? But there's one more that I want to show you. There's one more I want to show you at the end. But let me give you these, these quick things real quick. Here in John chapter number 4, we see the disciples... <clears throat> We see the disciples, they're, they're hungry, they're on their journey, uh, they've got their, their, their issues going, and, 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 and he said, all right, Jesus, he's going to sit. And by the way, Jesus never did anything on accident. Are y'all with me? Jesus never did anything on accident. It said he must, needs, go through Samaria. In other words, it was planned. It was according to God's perfect will. Are you with me? So here he is sitting at the well. They leave him to go into the city to buy food. They pass this woman in their journey. Probably not, didn't say a word to him. And, and there is a great possibility, because they still had issues just like we all did, there's a great possibility that they could have been rude to her. Because she was a Samaritan and she was a woman. In the culture of that day, in, in the, the way things were of that day, a woman was lower class. Aren't you glad God changed that? 
a woman was lower class. They did not speak to them in public. And she was not only a woman who was lower class, she was a woman of reputation, had done been married several times and living and shacking up with somebody she was with at that point. And she was a Samaritan. She was half Jew and half Gentile. And I don't know if you understood this or not, but Jews hated Samaritans. Jews, they wouldn't spit on them if they was on fire. Some Jews even believed that they didn't have souls. So there's a great possibility that they not only ignored her, they not only shunned her, but there's a great possibility they could have been rude to her. And they pass her by and they go into the city. Now, we know the story. To make the long story short, we know the story. Jesus meets the woman. He changes this woman. He saves this woman. He tells this woman everything about her life, and she believes on him. He's the Messiah. She leaves her pot and goes back to the city. Are y'all with me? And, and she brings the whole city out when they brought nothing. They brought nobody. And they were the ones who were in training to bring the world to Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me so far? Am I making sense so far? So no doubt about it, they had problems because they didn't see like she saw. And obviously, they didn't see like Jesus saw. Are y'all with me? So what was it that affected what they saw? What is it that makes us see people the way we see them? What is it that makes us uh, act the way we act or love the way we love or not love the way we don't love? What is it that affects what we see? Because we need to see people like Jesus sees them. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. So there are several things. There was, I, I put three in the notes, but I added one this morning. <clears throat> Number one, our agenda affects what we see. Say it with me. Our our agenda affects what we see. Our schedule, our plan, our, our agenda. Y'all know what an agenda is, what we plan on doing that day, what we've got going on, what our plans are. You say, what do you mean by that? Look at Jesus' agenda. Jesus' agenda was this. I do all things that please my Father. He said, when you pray, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then he said this, thy kingdom come. In other words, when you pray, the first thing you do is you honor Him, you glorify Him, you praise Him, and then the second thing is you submit to Him. Not my will, but Thy will. Not my agenda, but Thy agenda. Not what I want, but what you want, God. I want Your will to be done in my life. Are y'all with me? Listen, Jesus got up before day, every day I would imagine, and pray to his father. Why do you think? Why do you think he must needs go through Samaria? Because he was doing the will of his father. Are y'all with me? He was doing. He said, "My meat is to do the will of him that sent me." You see his agenda. You say, "What was his agenda?" The Bible says, "The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost." He had an everlasting agenda. He had an eternal agenda. He had a spiritual from his father agenda. What was their agenda? Get a sandwich. They were thinking the, 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 the temporary. He was thinking the eternal. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Watch, I'm going somewhere. 
in all of these things, Jesus saw a suffering, seeking sinner. And they saw a sandwich. Y'all with me? Now let's apply it. Let's apply it. How many times have we gotten so busy that we haven't witnessed to one person in a week? Or even a month? Our schedules are so busy. Now how many of y'all know there's nothing wrong with thinking about a sandwich? I'm thinking of one now. There's nothing wrong with thinking about a sandwich. There's nothing wrong with thinking about something to eat. But when you fail to submit to God's agenda for your life, when you fail to see the people around you because you're so busy with your schedule, hey, let me, let me make it more personal. Let's, let's just say, let's just say, let's don't even say the people on the street because I'm with you, I'm shy like that. We've got to get over that. And this is what I'm praying for, by the way. God taught me something on this cruise that I need to pray for for my life, boldness. Boldness. You know what? That's what they prayed for in the book of Acts. They, said, they didn't say, God, make them quit picking on us. Make them leave us alone. God, give us boldness. So that's going to be my prayer. And that should be your prayer. I want the boldness like Brother McCormick. I want to get right up in their face like him. And he's a little guy, too. He's this big. Are y'all with me? But how often, think about this. Now think about this. Don't get upset when I say this. But how often has our agenda been such that we've been so busy we haven't been able to share God with our family or our children? How many times have we gone over sports plays or all of this kind of stuff and we've, been, we've sent them to practices and all this kind of stuff, but we haven't sat down and shared the gospel or talked about godly things or talked about the Bible or talked about Jesus or talked about God's plan for their life? I'm going to tell you guys, our agenda affects what we see. They did not see this woman because they were focused on their agenda. They went into the city to buy meat. Am I, am I, am I, am I, am I close, guys? We fail to see people in their need because we're too busy. Their agenda affects what they see. Number two. Number two, not only their agenda... <coughs> but their appetite. Their appetite. He says the same thing. Nope, nope, I'm going somewhere different with this. Their appetite. Jesus says in these verses, they said, okay, Jesus, we've got a sandwich. Here you go. We brought you something. Now, what is food? It's something that fulfills. It's something that satisfies. It's something that sustains. And we have appetites. Appetite is something God gave us. We have an appetite. There's several different. We have physical appetites. We have an appetite for food. We have an appetite for sex. We have an appetite for love. We have an appetite for emotion. We have, we have a thirst. God gave us an appetite for water so we would drink water to keep from dehydrating. There's nothing wrong with an appetite. What gets wrong is when those appetites go crazy. We overeat or we go into sexual immorality because we allow our appetites to be the boss. Or we are consumed by wrong appetites. Are y'all with me? And an appetite is a desire to fulfill a longing or a need or to be fulfilled and satisfied. And they said, hey, we've got food. What was that? This was a physical food to fulfill an appetite or a longing to satisfy him. And this is what he said. 
I have meat to eat that you know not of. And you know what they said? Who brought him a sandwich? <laughs> Think about it. We done went into this town and spent all this time shopping and you've already ate? That's kind of familiar. That's when you know it was not a good thing to stop by Jack's on the way home. Especially when you walk in and you smell cheese cooked dinner. Ladies, can I have an amen? Who brought you something to eat? He said, you don't even get it. There is something that fulfills me way beyond physical food. I have an appetite. I have a desire. I have a longing to serve my Father, to fulfill His will. I have an appetite to do something for Him. And let me tell you something. You me tell you what affects what we see and how we see it and, and who we see around us? Our appetite. And it's not just for food. It could be our appetite for sports. Man, it got quiet as a church mouse. It could be our appetite for our hobbies. We're so consumed by those things we desire and we want. And, and by the way, guys, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. I love sports. I love football. I love hunting and, and I love golf and, and I love eating. I love all of that stuff. But when we are so consumed by all of that stuff that we fail to see the people that Jesus died for, our appetite for these things affects what we see. What we see. We would, we would, we would think without stopping, without hesitation about going, let's just say, on a cruise. And not think twice about going on a mission trip. You know why? Our appetite. And sometimes our appetites are selfish, aren't they? So they were desiring something physical. His desire was something spiritual. And let me say this again so nobody leaves out of here and thinks that, listen, there's nothing wrong with having an appetite for the physical as long as you have the appetite for the spiritual. Y'all with me? Thirdly, quickly, quickly, quickly. Not only does our agenda affect what we see, our appetite affects what we see. Number three, <clears throat> you're writing this down. Our awareness, our awareness affects what we see. <clears throat> Watch this. How many of you, how many of you have been so focused in your agenda or at the store, or wh whatever you're at, that there's somebody standing right beside you and you have no idea they're there. There's been times I've just been so engrossed in what I was trying to accomplish, what I was trying to do, I never even realized there was somebody from the church standing right there. Or, or walked into a restaurant, and most of the time, most of the time, when I, if I've ever high-hatted you in a restaurant, don't take it personal. Because <clears throat> most of the time, I'm focused. I'm focused in my chair. I'm watching, following this woman. I'm not looking because I'm afraid they're looking at me and I'll find my chair. When I go into the gym, when Kenzie's playing ball, when I go into the gym, I, I, I usually try to go early if I can so I can get up there before everybody gets there so they don't see me coming in. But then I'll go and I'll walk and, and usually there's these bleachers that are here and it's full of people and Tammy never sits on this end. 
I'll go and I'll look and I'll look. And sure enough, she's way on the other side. So I got to go and I'm going like this. And if you've ever been to the gym, you, you can attest to this. You've seen me do this. I'm walking in. I got my head down. I'm just aiming at Tammy. And I hear people, hey, preacher, I will never look. I will never look. And we get so consumed. And it's not all just about being consumed. It's just even just our, our, our nature, our shyness. We're not aware of the potential and the opportunity around us. They were so consumed with their shopping. They were so consumed with their agenda. They were not even aware that there was people all around them that really needed to see Jesus. Are we aware of who's around us all the time? It may be at work. It may be at school. It may be in the marketplace. It may be at McDonald's. Are y'all with me? But we're just not aware. They're there, but we're not aware. And because we're not aware, we don't see them. He said, how do you know that they were there? Because when that woman passed them again, she went to the same place they just went and brought the whole city out to Jesus. What was Jesus? He was sitting at the well waiting on his opportunity, and here she came. And he took advantage of the opportunity. Are y'all with me? Now, now I need everybody, hold up your seatbelts. <clears throat> this is going to be some turbulence. <clears throat> hold up, y'all ain't holding up your seatbelts. Hold up your seatbelts. Come on. Come on. All right. Now click them. There was something else. There was something else that affected what they saw. Watch this. Watch this. Look in verse number uh, verse number 27. I'll be glad when I can hear again. Verse 27. I got to hurry, guys. I'm running late. Here we go. Here we go. Verse 27. Are you there? And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Marveled. That means they were shocked. They couldn't believe it. Now, I used a word that started with A for, for alliteration purposes, but I'm going I'm to I'm I'm give you the real definition I'm looking for. Her, their assumption affected what they saw. In other words, they assumed. They assumed about this woman. Let me give you a, a word. Let me give you a word. Their prejudice affected how they saw this woman. I just got off a boat of every denomination and color and flavor on the planet. Y'all with me? There was every shade you wanted. Red, yellow, black, and white, and tan. Y'all with me? Every color in the world. Brother McCormick went to this church service, not an American in the bunch. They all had accents. They all were of color. But they all were loving Jesus. And there are times we do not see people, we do not see potential, we do not see opportunity because our prejudice keeps us from seeing people like Jesus sees them. We see people that we are prejudiced against because how we were taught when we were young, our culture, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at, people. I, I came from the South. 
I know what I was told and taught when I was a little kid, but let me tell you, Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And no matter what color they are, no matter what orientation they are, matter of fact, hey, Jesus loves all the gay people too. Jesus loves all the thugs too. Jesus loves all the thieves too. Jesus loves all the rapists too. Jesus loves all the murderers too. He loves them all. Sometimes we can't see them like Jesus sees them because of our assumption and our prejudice, our assuming we know the people. When we were putting the carpet in this side over here, when we were putting the carpet in this side over here, the guy laid in the carpet. It was the blue carpet when we built, built this building. He come in and he had a ponytail. And if I remember right, he had earrings. Had rings on every finger. And, and had Harley boots and a Harley t-shirt. And weighed about 375. And the first thing I thought when I saw him, that boy needs Jesus. Not because of what he said. Because I hadn't heard him say anything. Not because of what he did. Because he ain't done nothing yet. He just walked through the door, and I judged him. Prejudice. Prejudice. Pre-judge. I judged him because of what he looked like. So I had it in my mind. I'm going to tell him. Let me translate that. I'm going to fix him because he's broke. He's not a Christian. He can't be a Christian. He looks like that. He looks like a hoodlum. I, guys, don't look so shocked. Come on now. I know who I'm preaching to. If you've been here longer than five years, you're just like your preacher, so I know who I'm preaching to, all right? So I made it my mind. I'm going to figure out how to talk to him because I'm still shy. And he was a big dude. I come to him. I said, he was down on his knees. I can remember it to this day. He was down on his knees, and he was kicking in the carpet, pushing it, which I didn't know you even did that when it was glued. I don't know how all that, but I, I just remember. And he, his back was to me, and he was sweating like crazy. And I was standing there, I said, man, we had a service yesterday. And he turned around and looked at me, and I'll never forget the look on his face. He had the biggest smile you've ever seen. He said, man, we did too. Excuse me? He said, let me tell you about our church service. He had tears in his eyes. And he was telling me about the people that got saved. And he was telling me about... The, and the more he talked, the smaller I got. And how many of y'all know when those, those divine appointments... The Holy Spirit says, how about it, Reverend? Never judge a book by its cover. 
Where's Junior at? Is Junior in the house? Is he in here? Is he in this service? Junior, there he is. Come here. Come on. I ain't going to embarrass you too much. Come over here. Come over here. Junior. This is my buddy. He's an awesome dude. I'm telling you. And, and do you know, do you know there'd be a ton of people that wouldn't even let him serve? <laughs> and prejudge. And some of you in here, you may not even like it. <laughs> Junior, I want to ask you a question. You love Jesus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's enough. <laughs> Y'all believe Junior loves Jesus? Yeah. Go ahead. Man, Junior's an awesome dude. And from play, too. Hey, I'm still trying to talk Jane into let you using that banjo, too, by the way. I'm still working on that. How many times have we prejudged people because of our raising? Just by what we were told growing up. That somebody is a certain way because of their color, because of their, their attire, because of maybe their hairdo, or because whatever it might be. Their prejudice, they could not believe that Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman. Listen, don't let your prejudice affect what you see. Because we all need Jesus. And I've done gone too far, but i got one more. You remember, you remember, you remember, hang on. You remember the first one, when we showed, when we showed the drunk fella. I said, what do you see? Do you see a sinner? Do you see somebody Jesus died for? When you saw the little children, do you see potential? When you, when you see the waitress, do you see somebody needs to hurry up and get your food? Or somebody that didn't get it completely right? Or do you see an opportunity? When you see the globe, do you see a challenge? Do you see something to conquer? Do you see something that Jesus has challenged us to go to all the earth? But i got one more for you to see. When you see this, tell me what do you see. Bring it on out. Make sure the camera's on it because these guys on the side can't see it. When you look in that, what do you see? What do you see? Because this is what I want you to see. Do, do you see a father, a mother, an employee, an employer? Do you, see, do you see a ball player? Do you see a hunter? Do you see a shopper? What, what? Or do you see a, watch this, watch this, guys. Everybody get it? Everybody get it? Do you see a missionary? Because God has called us to be missionaries. Preacher, I can't go to Zimbabwe. Can you go to Fairview?
by the end of this month, you're going to learn something really cool that's going to happen at Temple Baptist Church. Can you go to Fairview? Can you go to Holly Pond? Can you go to Hansville? Can you go to Moulton? Can you go to West Point? I've heard they're in need of the Lord. <laughs> Griggs lives over there. Say amen. What do you see? This is the one I want you to focus on the next couple weeks. When you get up and shave in the morning, when you get up and put on your makeup in the morning, I want this to haunt you. I want you to see this, and I want you to hear my voice. That's something, isn't it? I want my voice to be in your ear and say, What do you see? Because God sees a person with a challenge to get the good news to every creature. What do you see? And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your blessing.